Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? Hey, you'll find out on VG247. Looks boring. What are you on about? It All of great. their games, they look boring. It doesn't look boring. It looks like it you're an assassin on the Isle of Man. But it doesn't have the kind of wow. The steampunk quail-based economy is incredible. Yeah, it's boring. VG247's <laughs> <laughs> Best Games Ever podcast is ostensibly a show about figuring out what the best game in a weirdly specific category is, but it's actually just about petty arguments. You should listen to it. It's good. Is that it? That's the whole promo? Uh, yeah, I was just doing And it. that's supposed to make people subscribe, is it? Yes. Okay, good luck with that. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. The following episode of Cast Party includes subject matter that may be uncomfortable for some viewers. A list of the topics and themes featuring in this episode has been placed in the description below. A trigger-friendly recap of the events that occurred will be at the very end of this episode. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are shucked from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Fendrea. And action! A locker slams shut. Another worker walks away, leaving Garrett alone. He opens his locker and drops off his thing. A bracelet he never takes off, his watch, a bag filled with things he would never need but keeps for emergencies. He ruffles his hair in a small mirror and sniffs himself. No scent, not good, not bad. Good enough for him. He walks onto the stage to look at the last few visible details from the camera. He had spent hours working alongside the set designer making sure that the scene was perfect. He knows not a single thing is out of place, though checks anyway. A conversation happening nearby attempts to distract him. Koalas and chlamydia? He shakes it off. He heads beneath the stage, a small hatch in the back with a crawl space. Not a lot to move through, a bit claustrophobic, but a way to get where he needs to be. Underneath the rock fixtures built onto the stage is his place. Underneath the feet of those who will take all the glory and fame. A small alcove he has crafted for himself. The devices around him take up most of the room, but he has a small place to sit, a small earpiece to hear his cues, and a bag with some gas station snacks and water. Always have to be prepared for a long day with Cliff Williams heading the shoot. Garrett gets comfortable and does the daily crossword on his phone. 38 across. U.S. City in the Valley of the Sun. Eight letters. Lost in thought, Garrett is snapped back to reality by his earpiece. He prepares the fog machines around him, A and B. A gets two drops of dye, B gets twice as much fog juice. The lights are on specific timers for lighting and dimming. He simply has to click the button once the last word of the spell is finished being uttered, and the timers will do the rest. 
Fog machine started. Quiet on the set. Finger on the button. Action. Our 200 patron stretch goal has been officially announced. With just 30 patrons left to go over at patreon.com slash castparty, once the cast and crew is 200 strong, we will all be heading out to Boston to visit Salem, Massachusetts, home of the Salem Witch Trials. With all of us in attendance and the possibility of Anna flying out to join us, we will be meeting with a psychic medium in order to cleanse Vince's hands. All recorded and filmed along with a fully edited vlog of our whole trip. Vince is notorious as the poor roller of cast party. It's basically one of our community memes at this point. The entire cast will be receiving individual personal readings from our medium, ending with a cleansing of Vince's hands and aura to hopefully rid him of the negative energy looming over him. We know this all sounds like fun and games, but we are taking this process very seriously and are working closely with our psychic medium to be as respectful as possible regarding this event. Now, is that not enough? Alright, you'll also get ad-free episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, and hilarious monthly one-shots, along with an invite to our community Discord featuring the most wholesome community this side of the TTRPG world. All that and more at patreon.com castparty. We'll see you there. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello everyone and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManuson. I will be your director for today. I am joined by my disturbed cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo and heart musician who invented a new way to interact with the crowd at his shows. Instead of your typical moshing, wall of death, etc., Sebastian wanted to come up with something no one has seen before. Because his music is, as he calls it, straight fire, he would ask the crowd to stop, drop, and roll. Just like I need everyone to stop what you're doing and drop a couple bucks to roll your new favorite dice from FanRollDice.com, the official dice sponsor of Cast Party. You got Liquid Core, Gemstone, and yes, Metal is Fuck Dice. All can be found at FanRollDice.com. Be sure to use code CASTPARTY for 10% off at checkout. And be sure to send us pics because we can't get enough of their dice. So That was awesome. Can you imagine how dangerous stop dropping and rolling at a like a show oh, would be though? Horrible, horrible. <laughs> don't and don't so do gross. That. Yeah. Everyone yeah, so would gross. be so gross. Sticky. Incredibly unhygienic. Anna Brisbane. <laughs> Blueberry Sky, Elven Druid actress who before coming to Fendria had almost never seen blood, really. Like barely ever saw blood in her life. She was coddled by her parents and rarely got injured in any way, um, but she hasn't been bothered so far by the blood during battle purely due to her frequent exposure to fake blood on set. I guess getting used to fake blood is way better than getting used to real blood. Yeah. Nigel Deacon. Ooh-wah-ah-ah-ah, Xander Gucci Supreme, <laughs> whose favorite video game growing up was Sonic the Hedgehog. His parents never let him have any game consoles, though. They considered it a waste of time, so he would go over to a friend's house to play. One night, after a particularly fun gaming sesh, he asked if he could borrow the game for the night, and his friend said, okay. And then when Xander got home and realized he had just borrowed the game and not the entire console, he ended up just staring at the cartridge for about two hours, imagining what it would be like to be playing the game right then. Oh my god. In the end, it turned out that he'd pretty much fully remembered every bit of all the levels in the game and can tell you the best route for every level to this day. Unfortunately, that's taking up precious hard drive space in his brain, and that's why he can never remember anyone's name. 
Oh my God. You're keeping the important stuff in. I get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And finally, Vince Perino. Jet the Boulder Chambers. Really fun fact about Jet. For the first like early 20-ish years of his life, he sported a beautiful, luscious, luxurious bowl cut. No. Yep. When did he become famous? After the bowl cut. That's what was holding him back. Is it like Will Byers from Stranger Things? Yeah, kind of yeah, basically. Guy? And, and you know, he kept it. Nobody said anything to him ever. People make fun of him when he was a kid and that was it. But his mom always told him that he looked so handsome. So he always just kept what his mom said looked good. Did his mom cut it for him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Until he had an agent. And his agent finally, after a year of working with him, said, you know, you might be a little more sellable if you kind of got rid of the hair. So he went home and his mom shaved it off for him. Damn, shaved it off, didn't even get it styled. Just straight buzzing. <laughs> he just straight buzzes. I've been there. I've been there. Same. <laughs> Same. With that, let's talk about what happened last time. You emerged from the red portal that engulfed you in Helios and arrived in a location unknown to you. Weird trees, fish, insects, even grass. A full forest of the unknown. Blueberry determined there was a city to the south and an abandoned city to the east, and that the plane you were on was inherently evil. Nomura flew high over the tree line and saw different looking trees to the south and then mountains to the north. While waiting around, a large raccoon hybrid monstrosity attacked you all. Arachnoid legs and fangs, body segmented like a centipede. It looked to be injured in some way. Jet was able to kill it quickly with just two swings of his greatsword. After felling the beast, a man dropped down the same ledge, covered head to toe in dark clothing, holding two bone swords wrapped along his forearms. He pushed you away from his beast and fed, drinking the blood and actively growing an insectoid leg out of his back. He told you that Nyla would teach you of consumption. However, you didn't want that, so he told you to leave go upstream and into the cave to leave the forest. You did so, seeing some interesting things along the way. You entered the cave knowing someone was following you. Sebastian put up a wall of force, keeping the man out. You heard gnawing and crunching coming from further in the cave and decided to leave, knowing the man was no longer at the entrance and most likely trying to find another way in. However, he wasn't. He was waiting atop the entryway to the cave to jump down as you exited. He jumped atop Sebastian as he licked his insectoid lips. Blueberry promptly turned him into a turtle and Xander threw him in the bucket bucket. Continuing downstream, you saw in the distance a tower, a desolate wasteland, and then the walls of a sprawling and tall city in the distance. You then found an old mill where Xander was almost caught in a net trap. Xander entered this mill, disarming a second trap, grabbed a fang of some sort of beast, and took a picture of murals of who he believed to be Nyla that were painted in the mill. In his picture, he saw Reject Her from Omis, as well as he found a small scrap of map depicting the areas around. On the way further south towards Kokar, Xander found a messenger bag caught in a net trap with a note. Now, Xander, you have this note in your hand. A single red rose petal falls into the messenger bag. Inside, you saw there were empty glass vials. You look a little bit further, you see there is a small dagger that looks unused, as well as a potion bottle. 
It feels like there's liquid inside, though when you look at it, you cannot see the liquid. And so the scene is set. The question is, what will you do next? I'm real curious about this potion bottle, but I don't know if I want to open it. Eh, fuck it, I'll open it. And waft. Please don't drink that. Drink what? It's empty. Xander, as you are holding it, it definitely feels like there is liquid in it. And you waft, and you smell nothing. Which is weird. Because when you're not wafting, you smell iron and decay. But when you're wafting, there's no odor. Interesting. Y'all, I found, like, anti-perfume. Uh, what? <laughs> you know how, like, everything smells terrible right now? Yeah. 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 So this smells like nothing. Like, it may, it has the scent of nothing. It is odor eliminating. This is the Febreze of Fendrea, or wherever we are. It's like 2D glasses. Aren't those just glasses? No, it's when you're watching a 3D movie, if you want it to be 2D because you don't like 3D, you can put on the 2D glasses and it turns it back into a normal movie. Oh, I thought we were talking about the physical glasses, which I guess now that I'm thinking about it would also be 3D technically. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, can I wear some of that? It smells awful. Or maybe keep the cap on so we don't lose it. Can you lose nothing? It definitely feels like there's something in here. Maybe cork it. We could just dab it. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can we can dab it. Question, though. Would that make us stand out in a place like this? Who said that we have to use it in a place like this? We could save it for back home. That is true. I don't want to smell this anymore, so I would love to wear it. Yeah, this is like for our benefit. I'll take a drop. I don't think the smell is going to emanate from the nothingness if we just do a couple da- a couple drops each it'll just we'll be the only ones who smell nothing right just put it under your nose and in your nostril yeah i'm going to offer up the lid for everyone to put their finger over the top of it and just mm-hmm. do a little like shake to get a dab of it on everyone's finger and just put it right under the right in this little divot that's used Siltrum. for yes As Sebastian does so, as you take your hand off, the tip of your pointer finger is invisible. Oh, that's that's the wrong kind of nothing. What? Uh, Are you hurt? And it looks to slowly be materializing again, and you can almost feel there's liquid on there that's slowly like dripping and evaporating. Ew, it feels wet, but nothing is there. Okay, this is just, you throw it on something and it's invisible. But what if you took a sip of it? Maybe your insides would be invisible. (laughs) How would we know? That is a good question. (laughs) I'll just grab it and take like the tiniest little little sip of it, like the drop that I would take on my finger. How are you going to know when you pee? (laughs) I'm looking at his tongue especially. Oh, his tongue is gone. It's invisible. He's all gums right now. He looks like he took his dentures out. Jet, I didn't know you went from a dragon... To a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) I try to snap at him like a snapping turtle. (laughs) (laughs) What it tastes like? I feel fine. It didn't taste like anything. It was just like, it's there. And the other vials in the bag, they were all empty, you said? Yes, and they feel empty when you grab them. 
Cool. I'll take that dagger, throw it in my bag. Is that dagger special? I don't think so. It looks unused. What do you mean? It's not covered in blood, sure. But I'm sure it's been used. Last time you had a dagger, things kind of went to shit. So maybe we should check it out a little bit. What do you mean the last time I had a dagger? Do you not see my bag and I open it up to the <laughs> 12 daggers I have in here? <laughs> Where are we, by the way? Uh, we are, well, we're here. And I pull up the map and I point at the mill. Give me investigation as you do so. We should go to the cauldron. We should get some soup. Gonna get some soup. Oh, yeah, we were going to... Uh, the tower on our way to Kokar? 15. As you are opening it, looking at the map again, you trace the area you have gone. You find the area that has that little tent symbol, and you figure out that that's the mill. And you see that it has a couple of these other symbols around them. They look like two arrows going upward with a line across them. And you see that from the one to the north, just north of the tent, was the net that you almost got trapped in and the one to the south is this. It almost looks like this is the symbol for whatever kind of trap has been set. Oh, all right. Okay. Avoid this one. What is it? It's a trap. That's the thing I almost got caught up in over there. These like triangle things? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which, okay, I see that there's one at the tree below the evergreen tree. What do you think the rock-looking one is, then? Because that's going to be, again, in between where we are and our soup. Oh, yeah, this little polygon with a tree, uh, with a naked tree above the soup. We got to keep our eyes peeled for whatever that is. So whoever's going to be leading us, make sure to watch your steps or watch your skies. could be either. I mean, it looks like maybe a graveyard. It's the only thing I could think of something like that. Let's find out. Before the sun sets. Good idea. To the south. Who is going first as you go to the south? Me. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. She got them eyes. Blueberry eyes. As you all make your way further down away from the mill, you meet back up with the stream as this dark, rusty water rushes quicker and with a little bit more volume. You have to walk for some time. You see all manner of unnatural bug, some plant life moving and snatching critters, even these piranha-like fish jumping out of the stream, like trying to capture bugs that are flying about. You find yourself seeing the end of the stream as it pours into a large bog. There is a full-on lake of this thick, soupy water. The trees around, again, are fleshy and grotesque, though these trees are different than the ones you just left. Their trunks have these jagged, bone-like protrusions, their branches mainly dead, bifurcating in these harsh angles like an arm bending at an elbow. The leaves that are here are massive. They are red and leathery. They look like chunks of flayed skin. While it is hard to see, further in the swamp, you see the top of the tower you saw earlier. Now in a bit more detail, you see narrow windows at the peak of the tower, even from here, you can see it is in remarkably good condition compared to things like the mill. One other thing presents itself on the shore of this large bog. A simple black lamp post. No fire lit. Spiraling up the post is a vine covered in thorns. Here and there, little thorns have blood spots on them. And the vine leads to a beautiful red rose that sits inside the glass enclosure where a flame normally would be. 
you see that that symbol you are looking for seems like it's on the edge of the tree line between these new and old trees. It seems like it would be somewhere close by. This lamppost, is this this rock shape? Well, if so, according to the map, there's another one way down, so maybe on the opposite end of the bog? Should I light it? Does it say anything on it? I want to get a little closer and investigate, or perceive it. <laughs> <laughs> Roll me investigation. God damn it. <laughs> It's like plus nine versus minus one. <laughs> oh. Oof. Eleven. It looks like there is no place to currently light a flame. And the only other things you see are a bunch of these thorns have blood stains on them. That's pretty freaky. Where would they get this blood? Oh, wait. The note. This reminds me of the note that I found. That I grabbed the note from my, my bag. This makes a lot more sense now. All you gotta do is one of these. And I'll prick my finger on the rose thorn. What are you doing? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You reach your hand out, you prick your finger on the thorn, and you feel this shock along your body. Ow! You are going to be taking four piercing damage and four Blood damage. What the fuck what is the that? Fuck is blood Excuse damage. me? Blood damage does not come away from your hit points. You all start with 10 blood times your constitution score. Oh. oh, shit. You will gain 10 blood every long rest. You will gain one blood for every 10 HP you heal at once. There are negative effects to losing a certain amount of blood. These stack like effects from exhaustion. The first negative occurs when you get below 90 blood. Jet, I think your constitution is 18 or 19? 20? Sheesh. So Jet would have 200 blood, while Sebastian might have... My constitution's a 14. Oh, that's pretty good. That's better than I expected. Yeah, same. I thought I only had 10. And then Xander and Blueberry? Mine's 16. Ooh. 14, 140. Xander, you prick your finger, and you actually feel a little bit of your blood almost suck out into the thorns. And at that same time, you feel a familiar movement of this unnatural speed and appear with your feet on solid ground, surrounded on all sides by water. The rest of you, Xander, disappears. What the fuck? Why did he just do that? For what reason? What did that note say? What did he do? I don't know. He didn't tell us. Ascending stone. Xander? Xander, where are you? Are you okay? Are you invisible? What's happening? Oh, I, I landed in the bog. All around you is bog. You are on a small aisle. It's a little bit haunting. 30, 40 feet ahead of you is that dark black tower that just looms over the bog around you. It appears to be twisted a gnarled tree and it's made of this blackened and charred wood. The tree itself is withered and dead. A few branches remain along the sides. It just has this one massive trunk and you can see that there are windows carved out of it and even an added roof and it has these vines crawling up the sides that move on their own and they pulse back and forth almost like a heartbeat and you can see a light inside the tower. 
the note that I found said you got to prick your finger at the rose and like last resort. I don't know what it means, but I'm at the tower. But you're okay. You're not hurt. Well, I mean, my finger is bleeding a whole bunch, but I'm otherwise fine. I, I relay this information to Sebastian. Yo, Xander. Yo. Can you just like scream real quick or something? Um, the the tower appears to be occupied, so I don't know if that's a good idea. I was just wondering if like you're actually near us or not. If he's at the cauldron, we know basically which way to go. Prick your finger on the thing and you'll be here. Yeah, but can we get there without hurting ourselves? Last resort. Well, it wasn't like a lot of pain. It feels like pricking a finger. I don't like needles, man. You ever picked up a rose? I've never pricked my finger. Okay, Sebastian, have you ever picked up a rose? Oh, can you ask Sebastian if he's ever picked up a rose? Hey, yo, yo, Sebastian. Sebastian, have you ever picked up a rose? Yes, I get roses all the time from fans. He said yes, he gets roses all the time. No, I'm lying. Don't tell him that. I'm not trying to give bad information. I've never touched a rose. He's never touched a rose? Maybe I have. I don't know. Sebastian said that you're lying. Well, then tell him to touch the rose so he can do it for the first time. Just prick his own finger. Xander called you a prick. Just because I haven't touched a rose before? If you've never touched a rose, it means you've never given a rose to anybody. Not with thorns on it, Blueberry. You said you've never touched a rose. Well, normally they're all tied up in a bouquet, and I like to get a little more colorful. And you didn't even, like, make skin contact with the flower or the stem in any way? I I didn't think to even go this far in depth of me not touching a rose. I probably have, maybe, okay? I don't know. Sebastian's having an existential crisis. I don't know what's going on here, Xander, but I think we're all just going to prick ourselves. Okay. Fine. Sounds good. Sebastian's going first, though. So, hey, Sebastian, Xander said it's fine. Just prick your finger. Uh, all right. Poke. For piercing and for blood damage and appear next to Xander. Oh, uh, hello. He's here, guys. Whoa. Hi. Why'd you call me a prick? That was really mean. I... What? No. Just because I haven't touched a rose? That's... I... Okay. First of all, they didn't confirm that you were lying. Um, second of all, I didn't say that. That's what Jet said. And you believe anything that he says? You know he can't lie well. He's got that sword now. I'm gonna prick my finger. Minus four, minus four. <sighs> okay, I prick it. See, it's Occupado. Okay. So let's go talk to him, right? Isn't this why we're here? We have to go talk to who? What did the note your thing say or something? Urethra's gonna help us? Yeah. So maybe this is Urethra? Your, your, wait. I'm gonna approach the, the tower. <laughs> yeah, right behind you. You do notice two other things on this aisle, and they are two more lampposts. One that you've appeared near, you would imagine it would probably take you back. And then on the other side, you would assume that would take you somewhat closer to Kokar. Oh, so it's like a fast travel system. And they really um, don't want us going through this bog, apparently. What's wrong with the bog? Didn't you see those fish? They were the size of men. You're right. The human people fish. Human people fish? Size-wise. Yeah. They're so big, they'll eat your hole. They'll eat my hole? <laughs> no. <they're laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just go in. Xander, as you approach the entrance, there's a large wooden door. It looks broken down, held on by a little more than some iron hinges. 
The door is adorned with symbols of fangs and droplets of blood. Oh, Xander, before you go in, do we want to be invisible? It depends. Are we sneaking up on the hosts of this home? Or are we introducing ourselves? I thought we were introducing ourselves because it said urethra would help us, but it's got all these creepy vampire symbols. Now I don't know. Exactly. And everything that we've encountered so far has not been good. So do we want to just be, be invisible until we figure out if they are actually human beings or at least nice? Sure. Fuck it. Yeah. Invisible us. Before you do that, I'm going to use the staff, spend two more charges, and cast Pass Without Trace again. Can we do an arm circle, please? Everyone hold hands. Mm, That's a fifth level invisibility. Sheesh. Wow. Now, remember, if you cast a spell or if you attack anything, it's going to go away. So don't waste this. I think we go in first, investigate if we want to, if we feel like being nice and talking to them, we sneak back out. And then knock. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good call, good call. It's sneaking time. Let me go last, please. Everyone, roll stealth. With advantage and plus 10. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Thank God it's advantage. God uh, damn it. Me too, because oh, oh, nice. I okay. got a nat 20 on my second roll. Yay. 32. 32. Hey, twinsies. 19. 25. You are entering. Xander, it seems like you were going first. Is that correct? Yeah. You had grabbed the door and just push it open. It is barely latched to anything. It's just here to block out the outside. Entering into the tower, you see the main room of this floor is dim. Light only being spread by some sporadic candles placed about. The outskirts of this room have some small tables covered with various vials, jars, and books. Bookshelves that have dried animal parts on them, bones and jars filled with unrecognizable substances. The room has a small circular table in the center. Atop the table is a full bed of roses. They are surrounding a single white rose that is placed inside a glass jar. You do hear footsteps coming from a staircase getting down coming from the staircase is a rather beautiful woman she wears a thin flowing black dress ripped and torn exposing some skin underneath you can see that the skin is covered in fresh scratches and old scars the rips and tears don't take away from this dress's beauty however this darkness accentuates her pale skin Her face, neck, and chest that are exposed show immaculate skin, however, smooth and without blemish. She is strikingly beautiful, though she feels somewhat unnatural. Her eyes have this piercing, deep blue, her hair dark and long and matted. Her hands humanoid and dainty, yet they end in sleek claws. She walks down into this room and moves over to a bookcase grabs a book, leafs through it, and looks like she's looking for something in particular. In the Sending Stone? Damn, we got a goth queen. I bet Sebastian's going crazy right now. If only you could see Sebastian, because his jaw is on the floor. (laughs) And his pants are a bit tighter. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Do we think she's 
nice enough to maybe have one of us go say hi? I mean, she doesn't look bad, but I could maybe try to see a little more if you want. If I were to do my divine sense, would that lose my invisibility? It only ends for a target that attacks or casts a spell. Okay. So this time for my divine sense, what I'm going to do is grab up at my, my amulet. Out of it comes kind of like how that spectral tree formed before. A tiny little pebbles in spectral form pops out and it just runs on the ground and goes over and smells her and then runs back to me and jumps up on my shoulder and gives me some information. She is not celestial fiend or undead. Seems pretty dope to me, guys. I don't don't know. I think she's all right. I can't tell anything good or bad about her. I want to creep a little closer and see if I can see what the book she's reading is called or anything about it. Can you read Sylvan? No! This looks to be some sort of spell book of sorts. And as she's looking, she even is pulling out a piece of paper and writing some stuff down. As she does so, she starts walking over and she starts looking at different jars. This lady's a witch. Want to snoop upstairs while she's down here? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should see what she's working on. Is, Is Sebastian in front of me? I'm holding someone's hand. Whose hand are you holding? Jet and Xander lifted their hands up first, so I probably would have grabbed both of them to complete the circle. Okay. Okay. So one of them. Because I'm in the back, I'll just pull him a little bit closer so I can whisper into his ear. Hey, we're hmm? we're we're gonna go upstairs. We're gonna we're gonna snoop around a bit. Let her hang out here. Okay, just keep me posted. I've just been trying to keep quiet. Blue thinks that she might be a witch. That's spooky. I'm actually gonna stay down here. I'll say that and and to the setting stone. So Blue will stay down here. The rest of you start walking up this staircase. You see the staircase winds up this tower along the back. At the top, you see there's just a curtain. As you open the curtain, you get to the next room, and this is the only other floor of this tower. You walk in, and this room is filled to the brim all over the walls, on tables, taxidermied beasts. The hybrid beasts. You see a fox that has goat horns. You see that there are very long squirrels that have 12 legs. Some just mounted heads on a wall. You see a large crocodile with fangs coming down. In the back, there is a small desk. And you can see on the desk are some notes, some books. In the center of this room is, it looks to be a humanoid skeleton held together by vines. It looks to be of a child, though in this case, just the bones. I'm just going to not look at that and go to the desk. Many of them are in different languages. You can read all languages. These look to be agreements, contracts, some just journals, lists of things that this woman has done for others. The top sheet of paper is she sent someone out. He was looking for a cure for his daughter. He would not give up his own blood to save her. So he chose to go out and get beast blood. He was equipped with a potion of invisibility, a dagger, and glass vials. 
He would fill the glass vials with blood and bring it back to her in exchange for the cure. There is a caveat at the bottom of this, and it is signed in a bloody thumbprint. If this is failed by this one named Bergwin, Eodric from Kokar will come and give his own blood to save the daughter. Oh, okay. I'm gonna take a picture of this because I feel like just taking the contract is gonna would be suspicious. So I'll send it to the Sending Stone. It seems like she's weird, but not evil or going to kill us. Like, I'm not going to agree with these dioramas up here. Full disclosure, there is a child skeleton. But she seems benign and possibly even helpful to people that are looking for help. So it might be worth it to talk to her. Okay. They can sneak back out and do part two, plan two, plan B, if you feel happy with what you found. Is she doing anything different now? She has gathered everything up. She has ticked off her list. There's a small table that looks like it has a large bowl. And you can see she is adding a bunch of the ingredients in. Seems to be crushing them. You can see she even pricks her finger with one of her sharp claws and drips some blood into it. She takes a potion bottle. She begins filling the liquid that she's created into this vial. What color is the potion? You don't see any liquid. Oh. And you see that she actually moves over to a cabinet on the wall, puts it up on the top. It almost looks like there was one spot missing. I'm gonna message Sending Stone. I think she's making those nothing potions. She definitely made the one that we have. Mm, That makes sense. The one that we have came from a dude that she had a contract with that is very clearly now dead. Uh, okay, I think we gotta get out of here and let's have a little talk. But not like he, she didn't kill him. Yeah. He died doing a thing for her, but yeah, let's get out. But maybe we need more more details. Okay. Sebastian, we're gonna go. We're gonna go out. Is there like an open window? Or am I just down here now on the main floor with her and a door? We'll say there's an open window. There's a window we can... Oh, I, Jet, I don't know if you'll fit, but I feel like most of us could fit out this window. Cool. Scamper down the stairs quietly. How difficult would it look for Jet to climb up and through this window? The window is behind a small desk here, so you would have to climb onto the desk to get to the window. I have him by the hand, and I just think about the lamppost, and... Mm, I cast Dimension Door for us to be outside. Oh. (laughs) Does Dimension Door have any verbal components? That is a great question. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, this will be fun. As I'm thinking about the lamppost really, really hard, knowing that I have to be silent, if I say anything of the sorts, the spell is going to go off, but she's going to know that someone was just creeping around her home. So, I would like to use two of my sorcery points to cast Subtle Spell, so it does not require any verbal component. Sorry, one sorcery point. Excuse Uh, me? uh, Did you multi-class? 
I did Meta Magic Adept for my feet. Oh, that was your feet! So I have two sorcery points. Okay. Okay. So I just... And we are outside. And I'm just standing there now, myself, just holding Jet's hand, who is still invisible. (laughs) Just waiting for, for the others to hopefully meet up with us. All that Jet felt was Sebastian's hand, like, shaking a lot. You got a real, like, it, I was squeezing so hard that it was, like, shaking, and and then woof. So, I mean, if he doesn't drop the spell, does that mean I have to, like, swing my dagger as an attack, just in general, to make my, uh, like, I swing at the air to make myself come out of it? <laughs> I just need to know that everyone is, is safe outside and made it through the window. I touch his neck. Gently. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Drop the spell. <laughs> okay. Do we go in as all ourselves? Can someone update me? Oh yeah. Um we found a contract for a dude that we found in the mill. He's dead. He was trying to save his sick daughter. The one with the knapsack or the mutant guy? No, the one with the knapsack. Okay. I think the guy with the knapsack got killed by the mutant guy. Oh, there's a whole bunch of taxidermy stuff upstairs, but we don't know that. And she's making a recipe, so Blue thinks she's a witch. Speaking of that taxidermy stuff, why was there a child? And people collect weird stuff. At least it was bones. Still not cool to display, but... Didn't you say to save a daughter? Was that the daughter? Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that wasn't her, because someone else is supposed to pick her up if the dude fails. Would she decompose that quick? Okay, well, if, we, if we're knocking on her door... What are we telling her? What are we asking? What what are we even trying to do here? Which way to go? We're just going to Kokoroxid, right? I mean, if we're, we're aren't we looking for a way back to Fendrea? Like, is there maybe? Yeah, but we yeah we need to find the ley lines, which are in Kokoro, and then push the phone button. Oh God damn it! We do still have a freaking quest here, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but does she help us with any of that? I don't see why she would. Well, what if we what if we ask her like, hey, do you have a way to get us to a different plane? And then we go do our quest and then come back and then she zips us out. But our quest is to take us home. No, our quest is to get the ley line. Which takes us home. It doesn't necessarily take us back to Fendrea, right? We gotta get to the ley line and then hit the home button and then boop, it, the, then we'll go back. But we just have to be by that source of magic. Akeen did tell you that it would bring you to the spot that you left from. Okay, so say we get to the ley line anyway, and we click the home button. That's going to take us right back to Helios, which is now Veroso is seizing that or something. We don't know for sure. What if Helios isn't even there by the time we get back? And we're just, fl- we're just free falling. falling. Free falling. He could have just done this on, on his own. He could have hidden it. He could have said that we attacked and then left. We don't know that he took over complete control there. If he's killing the other council members, I feel like that's his plan. He only killed one that we saw. And we killed the other. Yeah. There's still two more. There's two more, at least. But he's also like the military general, so he might be like... Either way, that's that's something that we will find out when we get to that point. We, we gotta figure out what we're doing right now. Right. Does this lady help us get to the ley line, which is in Kokar anyway, which is where we were gonna go? She didn't have soup. Why are we here? Maybe we just didn't see the soup. Can she help us get across the bog without pricking our finger again? Wait, yeah, why? Why is this labeled as soup? 
cauldron for a witch. But she's making potions. A witch. Oh. Oh, that's right. She is witchy. Maybe she'd have helpful potions for us, not that we have money to buy it. Well, we have some money now, don't we? We got months. I think nothing. Just like your potion. Did you pour the potion in your ear? Nah. We could just go in and ask her where the ley line is. Sure. Would she know that? Would anyone know that? I know it's near Cocoum. Cocar? Cocar. Here's the thing. Do we know that the phone is going to send us back regardless of what we want? Because if we're going right back into a trap, that might be a bad thing, you know? Are they going to hold a trap indefinitely? They don't know when we're coming back. They probably aren't thinking that we are going to come back, but like they could probably lay like a, a lay mine. Hopefully we'll go back rested so that we're ready for whatever's there. Maybe if we... Okay. Blue transforms into some big, huge flying beast. We get on Blue's back. Jet hits the call button. Then we're floating when we come back. Can't trap us if we're floating. Sure. People trap birds all the time. Xander, you got my old boots, don't you? Oh. Oh, yeah. I can just float down. Yeah. Like, I'm good. As long as Blue can hold on to you guys, like, we'll get down safely if, if it's not there. Just thinking of that alone, that would be catastrophic to Fendrea. Not if it went down slowly. I think we just got to go talk to her. Maybe she will be nice. Have at it, my guy. I don't know what her goal is, but okay. To just find the ley line. What if Kokar has like a weird situation where we can't just like walk in? Well, that's why we're going to talk to her. Exactly. I feel like that. that's why this is a good idea. It's like yeah. if she knows something about Kokar that we don't, that's worth at least a chat. Okay. Who wants to lead the way? Jet, this is all you, my guy. Me? You know I can't lie. We're not lying. Do you need to lie? What are we lying about? Oh, wait. We know things that we're not supposed to know. Let's you and me go first, Sebastian. There you go. Uh, what do we know? We saw the upstairs. We can't let her know that we saw the upstairs. I didn't think that was going to come up, but okay. You never know. Well, I mean, Jet's nervous about it, clearly. Uh -huh. I kind of am. After you, my other guy. Okay, my guy. And so we walk up to the door and knock. The door opens. The woman stands there. Big smile on her face as she sees you. New travelers. Yet to be tainted by Kaerith. I'm in. Uh, okay. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hello. You are here looking for something? I am more than happy to indulge for a price. Well, hello. Hi. Uh, I just want to start. Can I? My name is Alex. It's nice to meet you. You may just call me Mother. Mother? Mm. Xander's got just kind of like a uncomfortable face. He clearly doesn't have a good relationship with his parents, so that is weird for him. Okay. No, thank you. Uh, how <laughs> about... So, we're here looking for information. Um, we are looking for a ley line, a magical ley line. Do you know anything about that? I know much about Kaerith. I can give you much. Anything you could want. Knowledge of Kaerith, visions of the future, of the past. Answers to questions you have yet to find. A way to communicate with those you don't see. Anything you may want. A ley line is what you see. And any information about Kokar? Even just simple stuff. What are your prices like? I guess I should ask that. I don't want to... Ask for stuff that I can't pay for. 
very fair. We deal in blood here. Oh. Kaerith runs on it. I am bound to the beasts of Kaerith as well as the people, though they seem one and the same now, though I choose not to hunt myself. So I take it as payment. Nyla gives me blessings for my work, keeping the familial blood flowing across Kaerith. But I am free to do with those gifts as I please. Blood runs through us all. We may have not been born family, but we are connected by it. It makes us all family in the end. You can see she pulls out from an inner portion of this dress a crimson red velvet pouch that she opens and places on a nearby table. And you can see there are different size needles. Hate this. God, this is my worst nightmare. The process is painless. Do we get the information first or do we pay first? Pay first. How, how much? Depends how much information you want. We ran into a man who was very aggressive and I'm pretty sure he said if we were in search of Kareth, Kareth is no more. But you're saying this is Kareth? This one I'll give you for free. This plane used to be known as Kareth. Not everyone sees it the same. Oh. I still think it's Kareth, but a new Kareth. A better Kareth. Oh. I don't know how to word this. I want to know if we will be able to enter and like go through Kokar as we are without resistance. Is that city like it is here like out here is is everything kind of hostile like this she holds up two needles one smaller a little bit larger a simple answer or detailed okay let's take the detailed one and xander puts out his arm you see the needle glows with a dim red light it's clear needle you can see it almost vibrates in her hand as it pierces your skin it's an eerie sensation that creeps over your entire body like a shiver down your spine. It feels sharp, but there is no pain. It just passes through the flesh without resistance. No pain, no sting, not even the slightest discomfort. It just feels different. And it draws out the necessary amount of blood, pulls it out. And this lack of pain is reassuring, but also almost unnerving. Do you feel okay? Yeah, that was super weird, but not painful. It's weird that that was, like, an accurate description. Thank you for making it non-painful. It doesn't have to be suffering. I appreciate that. Your answer is not a simple yes or no. Kokar was once split in two. Half of the city is much like the rest of Kareth. Beasts feed, humanoids hunt them. Feeders all around, changing and growing stronger. The other half of Kokar has been shut off, walled in a city. That is where the deniers lie. They refuse to indulge Nyla. They do not consume. How do you feel about people that don't indulge with Nyla? They don't like to play the game, and that is fine. I guess as long as you're a neutral party, that's, that's what matters to us at the moment. You could say that. I am a priestess of Nyla, 
but their lack of warship, their lack of consumption, means not for me. You are headed to Kokar. Yeah, yeah. Would you do something for me? I would pay you, not in blood, of course. In jewelry? Before I say yes, can I know the task? A man left here a few days ago, hunting for blood for me. He has yet not returned. Part of our agreement was that if he was unable to do so, he would send his husband here to fulfill his end of the payment. His husband is in Kokar. I simply need you to send his husband to me. Okay. Uh, yeah, can do. I do not know the fate of this man, though I would assume he is dead if he is not back yet, so you may inform him of his husband's passing and send him here. And she pulls out a ring. It's got this ruby red gem. If you wear this, we can communicate with each other, and this will be your payment. Okay. Is it like constant, you can hear me, I can hear you, or is it like a you speak into it, you think it? Think of me. Think of family. Think of your mother. I don't want to do that. Thank you. <laughs> she writes down, Bergwin is dead. Find Eodric in Kokar and send him here. Is there anything else I can help you with? Information? Magic? Have you heard anything about a ley line in Kokar? Shields up the smallest needle. Should be five blood. But but you didn't you didn't answer our first question. This this is the only question we've asked so far. I'm casting modify memory. Ah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay, what kind of save is that? Wisdom save. That's an 8. That fails. I am wiping just that single section of Xander's first question. We walked in, she asks for a task, and then we ask our first question. But what about the fact that he gave blood? I gave blood for the answer of... Of ley line. Yeah, of the ley line. Ah, so he's changing it so that the question was about the ley line, and she hasn't given it yet. But she got the blood. Okay. Ah, yes. Almost like shakes her head and looks down and sees the needle filled with blood. A ley line. Not what we would call it here, but yes. You see, Kokar has been split in half, physically and socially. Interesting. This is the first time we're hearing this very cool fact about Kokar. <laughs> Nyla, the goddess of blood, she's the one who changed Kaerith after the consumption. She created a rift between the two halves of Kokar. Oh. She used the power deep within Kaerith. I would assume that is the ley line you're searching for. Between the two halves of Kokar. Since Alex gave enough blood for a detailed answer about the ley line, I was wondering if you could give a little more detail on, like, where physically we can find, like, will the ley line be on the ground, under the ground between the two halves? Like, will we know it when we see it? Like, is it a physical thing to see or feel? She closes her eyes, thinks a moment, almost like she's reaching out. Between the two halves is a large chasm, a rift between the city. Oh. At the bottom of the rift... Though I know it is filled with water. 
there may be ways downward. I do not know this answer. Okay. Great. Thanks. Anything else we need to know that badly that we are willing to give up our health? She said that she would sell magic. Yeah, what kind of goodies do you have? And she gestures to the white rose in the center in the jar. Now this rose is very special. Though I cannot touch it. It burns me. I believe it is too pure. Do not know how or why. You want to talk about pure? Look at this guy. And I nudge Jed a little bit. He might be able to handle it. Do you know what it can do? I assume it can hurt quite a lot. Why would we take it if it's going to do nothing but hurt us? I don't think it would hurt you. If you'd like, you may touch it. If it's okay, I'd, I'd like to. And she lifts the glass enclosure off of it. I'd like to slowly put my hand towards it, and as I get closer, just see if like I could feel anything before I actually touch it. And if I do, I, I'd like to pull away. Don't feel anything until you touch the rose. And it feels like the most real thing you've felt here in a long time. Do I feel anything else coming from it? Or do I feel any like sense of magic or any other like understanding of it? Romy Arcana. Zero. Oh my god. So that one. It just feels like a normal flower. Hey, yo, Xander. You're a little darker than me. Why don't you uh why don't you try touching this? Oh god, he's gonna die. I'll reach out and touch the flower. You also do not hurt as you touch it. Feel anything? I mean it doesn't hurt me, but it definitely feels special. How much per se for the flower? This would be 30 blood. 30? Oh, god damn. I feel like that's gotta go to Jet. It doesn't hurt. The needle truly does not hurt at all. I'm gonna put this in my cart, but I would also like to see what other things you are willing to sell us. Ah, so you can do it all in one go. That's smart. Yes. One transaction. One shipping fee. As I said before, knowledge... Visions, answers, potions, a way to communicate. Communicate? What kind of communication? Can we talk to our home? Can we talk to our families? Who are you looking to talk with? I don't know, somebody like my mom, perhaps? Do you have a strong connection? Yeah, I'll hold up my amulet. This is my strongest connection I have. It's not going to mess up the pendant, right? The blood should wash off. Oh, that's okay. I'll take them both. She does the larger needle first. Again, you do not feel anything. You are given the white rose. Then she extracts the rest. And with this, she actually takes that needle and she pricks herself with it in a small bowl. She takes out some of the blood from your needle and some of her blood and mixes it together. I see your amulet. You promise you won't break it in any way? I promise. And I will get it back. You've already paid. I'll take it off and and, uh, reluctantly hand it to her. 
she takes the amulet. She takes both of her thumbs, dips them in the blood as she's holding the amulet. Two lines of blood on either side blows on it to dry the blood. When in your deepest need, lie on that family. Jet, you now have proficiency in religion. You will also gain the divine intervention feature. What? Bruh. Damn. Excuse me? Clerics get a thing called divine intervention. They roll a D100. If they roll underneath their cleric level, they can communicate and have intervention from their deity. Wow. With the white rose, you almost feel that when it's in your hand, the thorns almost seem like they're trying to poke at you. When activating, the rose impales you with its thorns. You decide to give up a number of HP that you have, up to 50. As you do so, you can choose up to five creatures within range. They will all make constitution saving throws. On a fail, they will take the equal amount of health that you drained from yourself. On a pass, they will take half. That's sick. That's real sick. I'll take that and just grabbing it by like the the end of the stem, like right under the flower. I'm just going to find a crevice in my armor and place it in there so that there's no chance of it like stabbing me at any point unless I pull it out myself. With that, Jet is down to 151 blood. Xander's 146. Blueberry and Sebastian are at 136. Um, could you tell us, is Eadric on the, the Nihilus side or the Denier's side of Kokar? Oh, he's the Denier. I think that's where we're going anyway. Much like Bergwin was. When you're on your way there, beware old Ilhelm. Monstrous beast he became. Oh, um. Oh, so that's a, that's a dude. Is that, is that a friend of yours? Not in a long time. How will we know him if we see him? Oh, you'll know. Okay, that's Goodness. not what I wanted to hear. So how are we supposed to beware when we don't know? If we poke our finger on the other lamppost out there, won't it just take us right to Kokar anyway? Not all the way. Ah, shit. You'll still have to cross the bone fields. Bone fields? Cool. Wonderful. Oh. Let me guess, old Ilhelm made all the bones, didn't he? <laughs> it's where he likes to hang out. God damn it! <laughs> Well, you've been lovely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, we're gonna, mother. We're going to head head on out. Does anybody want to buy anything else before we leave? No, thank you. I have a feeling we're going to need this blood. What are those? Are those potions? Are those for sale? If you'd like. What do they do? One will grant you the ability to not be seen. Ooh. This is a greater invisibility potion. And how much for the lot? 25 if you wanted everything I'll just pull my arm out just give them she hands you six potions a greater invisibility a greater healing a superior healing a flying potion a haste potion and a potion of frost giant strength I'll just take the whole lot and and hand it over to blueberry oh my god okay they'll go in the bag if this one made us invisible, I think there's going to be some good stuff in here. So let's try it out. Thank you. And ha have a good night. Day? What time is it? Evening. Afternoon. Good. Good time zone. Good time zone. See you soon, children. 
Xander, I'm, I meant to ask about that as we're walking out the door. So, like, I know you don't really like your mom. So, like, wouldn't you be on the lookout for a new mom? No, I have trauma. I don't want to redo the trauma with a new mom. How do you know she's going to give... Oh, we saw upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, I, she's not a good candidate one way or the other. <laughs> she doesn't seem traumatic at all. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Jet, for your service. Yeah, these potions are awesome. Yeah, are you feeling okay? Oh, I'm totally fine. I just... Yeah, uh, you know, I've, I got lots of blood. You know, that I got that dragon blood. It's extra thick. Ew. We need to get you some apple juice. <gasps> oh my god, that sounds amazing right now. Oh my god. Shall we? My finger towards the lamppost. <sighs> yep. Oh, right, yeah. Let's go. Oh god, okay. Again. Wait, before we do that, what if one of us pricks and we all hold on to each other? We could try it. Worth a shot. Maybe it'll send us all? Maybe. Maybe it'll take twice as much blood. Xander, you seem pretty okay with it. Yep, here we go. And I'll grab Sebastian's hand. Oh, and then God. And I, I quickly try to grab Blue's arm. <laughs> You're able to grab Blueberry. Before Blueberry's able to grab Jet, Xander disappears and takes two piercing and two blood. Sebastian, you do not go with. Okay, sorry about that. Oh, man. I'm going to Sending Stone. You're okay, right? Are you where we want to be? I grabbed the damn thing between my fingers. Ow. Ah. Uh, but yes, otherwise I'm fine. What do you see? I'm on the other shore, and it doesn't look familiar, so I guess it, it's the other side of things. Okay. Prick. Bronk. Everybody takes two piercing and two blood. Uh, you guys are heading towards Kokar? Yeah, let's do it stealthily. I'm... Oh, I'll actually... I'll roll concentration since I got pricked. Oh. Yeah, 15. I'm good. So I'm, I'm keeping up Pass Without a Trace. Sneaky, sneaky to Coca-Cola land. Making your way towards Kokar, you see the ground around you starts to change from this thick, muddy ground of the swamp to a more dry and cracked earth. The air here smells less of iron and rust and begins to smell more like salt. The land around you is dry, devoid of flowers or flora of any kind. From here, you can see deep, deep in the distance the walls of Kokar. Though with the dust kicking up around, it's hard to make out any of the details of this sprawling city. And as you're walking, it gets hot. You see ahead of you, there are some sort of old structures in the distance. I will spend the last two charges to recast. Pass without a trace. Around the area here, you see scatterings of the remains of large creatures. Some bones larger than your bodies. Damn. She wasn't kidding. These, this has got to be the bone fields, right? Yeah, what you think? My dude Ilhelm took down, like, dinosaurs. I don't think he did this. What do you mean he didn't do this? He, like, he'll add to it, but, like, I don't think he's taken down that thing. That looks like a whale. Okay, then what did Xander? I don't know. Nature? I don't want to meet nature. I'm just going to take a good look around while we're walking. As you continue this journey, this barren wasteland begins again to resemble more of a desert. Sand is hot and dry. You can feel the heat emanating from the ground. As you get closer to what looks to be a graveyard, you see a few things. Blueberry and Sebastian specifically, you both can see atop one of the nearby large bones. It looks like it used to be a rib cage of some sort of large beast. You see atop one of these spines look to be some sort of vulture-like creature. 
seemingly undead carrion bird. Its eye sockets completely empty, black feathers turning gray and falling out. As you're watching, the head swivels unnaturally. The rest of you also start to feel something, like a small earthquake beneath your feet. The sand and dust around you pops and gets thrown into the sky a bit. This low rumbling continues after that initial dolt, as ahead in the distance you can see the sand parting. A large dorsal fin, easily seven foot tall, protrudes from the sand. It's covered in iridescent scales that shine back the harsh sunlight from above. You can only see it for a moment, but the fin looks to be attached to a large snake-like creature. It moves swiftly down back into the sand and seems to never end as segment by segment. You can see it just tunnels back into the earth ahead of you. You hear the sound of its burrowing, but you can also hear the sound of a vibration that it seems to be extending outward. And you can see all of the sand and dust vibrating around the hole that this is currently making. And as you see, the tail of this creature goes down back into the sand. For today, that's our app. I'm going to kill that bird. Thank you all so, so much for listening. Come join us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash cast party. Is this old Ilhelm or is this just some freaking snake? She said we would know it when we saw it and I know it, so I must know it. Colin's going to confirm it on the BTS, so you better go subscribe right now. Patreon.com slash cast party. So that will come out next week and we will see you all then. Bye-bye. 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 He then found an old mill where Xander was almost caught in a nut trap. Uh, fuck. Oh, oh, what? what now? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Man, I genuinely cannot believe Garrett came with us. Admittedly, I didn't spend a lot of time with him. Not like Jesky Fire and Ebad Flow. Those three were inseparable on set. But like, I can't imagine most of the crew being out here. Eric Five and Mason especially. They got lost in the parking lot when Miharu took their parking spot. And then naturally, Bobby enlisted Saint E. Love to keep messing with them, putting up fake directions, signing them with Dubward's name so they seem legit. Honestly, if New York hadn't found them outside of Lexi's trailer, we would have been lost for that day of shooting. But, and Sebastian can back me up on this, Opti would be killing it out here. She led a whole crew through a camping course to make sure they could survive if they needed to. Easy Week learned how to fish, Forerunner learned how to pitch a tent, Frankie learned how to wrestle a bear, Jude learned they shouldn't pretend to be a bear, and Bass Drop learned to love. It was kind of nuts how much growth they all went through. Wait, Jet, what do you mean you don't know these people? I expect it from Blue, but like, come on, man. Hello and welcome to the end of episode trigger-free recap. After finding a message bag tucked away in a tripped net trap, Xander learns of a lamppost by the so-called Blood Swamp. The note stated to prick your finger and a mysterious figure might be able to help. Trekking further south in hopes of finding the city of Kokar, the cast and crew stumble upon the aforementioned lamppost. Sensing the dangers of the murky water in the bog ahead, they decide that the lamppost is their best option. A small finger prick later and they are magically whisked across the swamp, to just outside a tower which seems to be clearly occupied. 
This small finger prick, however, introduced a new mechanic from our director. Blood damage, an entirely separate health pool for each character with detriments as it begins to drain with each bit of damage. Deciding to sneak around and scout the place first, as nothing in this plane has been friendly so far, Sebastian turns the entire crew invisible as they stealth their way inside the Lone Tower. Inside, they find the home of a priestess. After some scouting around and sensing no immediate danger, and somewhat of a friendly face, they reconvene outside, drop the spell, and knock on the door. Come to find the priestess is one who makes potions, sees visions of the future, and provides knowledge and magic enhancements to travelers, all in exchange for blood from their health pool. Xander offers himself in exchange for information regarding the city of Kokar, the party's destination, and where they might be able to find the ley line to get them back to Fendrea, while Jet offers himself in exchange for her stock of random potions and a tweak to his mother's amulet, granting him the divine intervention cleric feature, but for his own use as a paladin. Before heading out, the priestess warned the cast and crew of a beast known as Ol Ilhelm that resides in the Bone Fields. As the party heads south, they come upon just that, a vast open landscape covered with bones from creatures both large and small, and Ol Ilhelm not too far behind. A large dorsal fin emerging from the sands and an enormous segmented body snaking its way through the desert of bone, it's time for the cast and crew to make a break for it, while they still can.